And good morning, everyone. Welcome into a brand new edition of Sports Medicine Weekly on this Sunday morning. Hope your weekend is going well. I'm Steve Cashel, joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, the head team physician with the Chicago Bulls, one of the team physicians with the Chicago White Sox. Dr. Brian Cole is a sports medicine specialist and orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. Our producer is Shane Reardon. And Dr. Cole, how are you on this Sunday morning? Steve, I'm doing great. Hope your family is well and safe. Good. Well, uh, I want to jump into a story that uh, you and I were talking about earlier this week off the air. Thought we'd bring it to our listeners. Uh, flying can be safer than grocery shopping. A uh, Harvard study asserts this. Research Researchers at Harvard University finding that ventilation systems filter out 99% of airborne viruses. If people follow mask protocols too, their study says it's safer than grocery shopping or eating out, right? It's interesting, Steve, all of us, when we you know, basically stopped traveling in March, <clears throat> we're, you know, obviously we all, we're all asking the hard questions. You'd think intuitively being you know, locked in a sardine can for any amount of time uh, might put uh, any of us at risk. And I think one of the things that I uh, learned early is that these filtration systems um, continue to recycle and or uh, sort of exhale or spit out air in a, some combination. And that planes were considered, you know, generally very safe just by that alone. The other thing is I actually take care of a lot of flight attendants and pilots. And I, like any patient, I always ask how things are going, what's happening at work, and has there been any impact and so forth. And, you know, while clearly there are cases that will be reported, a lot of them felt that they were getting these, uh, they were turning positive for reasons outside of their, their occupation, working on an, on an airplane either a flight, as a flight attendant or a pilot. So um, finally, we're starting to get some research. And, and basically, this was an interesting article because um, it, was a, it was an article at Harvard School of Public Health and uh, in collaboration with the commercial airline industry. And it was uh, the, the subject of a, a nearly 200-page report. And they looked at all the research and case reports regarding transmission on aircrafts. They looked at computer modeling uh, of virus particle movement. Uh, they used dummies or models on a, on a plane to look at uh, contamination and, and so forth from a topical or airborne point of view. And that, yeah, like you said, the, the conclusion was that if people wear a face mask through the duration of the flight, minimize the time taking it off for eating or drinking, that uh, the, ris the risk of in-flight transmission is very, very low even on crowded flights. And they say that, uh, at least the study said anyway, that the ventilation system might be 99.97% effective at removing particles. Now that doesn't mean there's an, you know, a 0 0.03 chance that you could get it. It just says that it's, it's effective in removing particles. I think that what we've, what's abundantly clear is the thing that people are almost tired of hearing is that uh, wearing a mask, uh, cleaning contact surfaces, um, and um, uh, I don't even think it's conclusive right now that eye protective wear does anything profound, but there may be a bump in reduction uh, from airborne. But the main thing is wearing a mask and also pre-screening, in other words, minimizing the chance that another passenger could have it. Uh, and that requires people to be very diligent and to be very honest and not go to the airport if they think that there's a chance uh, and they're not feeling well. Um, now, 
there's some other research, you know, but I would say this is more in the sort of the setting of like a case report. There was one study, it wasn't even a study, it was a case report where they talked about a flight where 13 cases were linked to a single passenger on a seven-hour flight. And they actually looked at the strain and were able to tie it together where it was, I think, a similar strain across many of those individuals. And that was also a situation where there were fewer than one in five seats that were occupied. But the, the case report is very quick to point out that, you know, people at airports, they go to the lounges, they sit in a waiting area and things like that. And that's the issue of physical distancing and that we all have to still be really uh, thoughtful about. Uh, that happened to be, that flight was an international flight for seven hours. Um, so... I think the take-home is that there's very good data that shows the ventilation system in terms of air that's eliminated or recirculated or recycled uh, does a very good job of getting uh, part, taking particles out of the air, including those from uh, COVID. Uh, uh, but also, we still it doesn't replace uh, the fact that uh, you have to wear a mask. And I actually think at that international flight, I'm not sure that people were wearing a mask uh, for that study. Uh, just to be uh, to make a, a comment. So I think d disinfection of surfaces, wearing a mask, uh, paying attention to the procedures when you're boarding and deplaning, and always maximizing social distancing where possible. I personally feel you know it's reasonably comfortable that the risk is small. And I think, am I an expert? No. Am I following the literature? Yes. Am I following what I, uh, I hear from other flight attendants and, and, and pilots who come into my office on a pretty much regular basis? I, f I would say that it, at least it, it's probably not worse than a grocery store and is probably much better uh, given what's at hand. Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. Yep. And uh, how about uh, health clubs? Uh, I've heard good and bad about that. Um, I, I see my uh, fitness facility um, filled up more than ever. It was a little shy when it first got open uh, maybe a month or two ago, but uh, people are good about wearing masks, of course, when they're on the, the treadmills and things. Uh, they take them off, but um, I think people are, for the most part, at the fitness facility that I work out in is pretty large. Um, people are adhering yeah. to uh, the, the protocols. Yeah, I mean, I think if the fitness facilities, which they are, um, have been adhering to, you know, density issues in terms of the number of people at a certain place, and unfortunately, you know, based upon the recent transition, you know, late this week, um, the numbers are, in terms of the people who can be in the same place, same time, is decreasing. So eventually it's going to have an impact again on health clubs. But when they've adhered to the density of people that are present, and wearing a mask. I know in our club, the, the tennis, even if you're playing singles tennis, they require you to wear a mask. I've been doing a body pump class uh, with others. It's in an outside, like next to the garage of the uh, fitness center. And um, so you're outside, but I still, they don't even, they say you don't have to wear a mask when you're outside like that, but I still wear it. And surprise, and it's cold out. So surprisingly, it's actually kept me warm and I haven't minded it. I, I thought it would be miserable, but it wasn't bad. And when you're working out, there's a lot of obviously, you know, respiration and so forth that goes on where you create respiratory droplets. So I personally think if you can tolerate wearing and you, uh, and, and if the, certainly if the health club says you got to wear it when you're exercising, you wear it. But um, I would say best practice, uh, quite frankly, Steve, is to wear a mask when you're in a health club and wear it while you're working out if you can. Um, I think there's really no reason not to do that. And the evidence would say that that's probably best practice. I agree. Good stuff. Let's move on.